0: So this is week two of It's Complicated. Let's recap week one before we jump into this, if you missed last week or if you didn't hear last week. Um, Last week, we obviously started a series on relationships, talking about how to date and how to get into a godly relationship, a right relationship. Week one, obviously through this series, we're going through the story of Samson and Delilah, learning what and what not to see in a relationship. And last week, we we talked about the title, You Consider What You Consume. And we talked about how Samson got a glimpse of Delilah and married her on the spot or took her on the spot, but didn't realize that he needed to use discernment or to use discretion in order to get into a relationship. And basically last week we talked about don't just jump into a relationship. Seek the relationship out. See what it has to offer for you and what you offer to your relationship. And this is I said this last week, this is why a lot of dating relationships don't work or marriages fail because of what they didn't know who that person was. So last week we talked about what you consider is what you consume. So you have to learn to consider very carefully who you date and who you marry. So let's get into week two of this series. We're going to start in Judges chapter 14. We're we're still in chapter 14, actually. We're going to jump all the way to verse 10. Verse 10. Let me summarize it for you. I want to talk about the context before this text that we're going to read. So right after he had a glimpse of Delilah, uh, you skip forward into a couple of verses, and Samson actually kills a lion, I think, with a with a uh, I forgot it with some type of jaw. I I I was reading it this morning. What was it? Donkey's jaw. All right, yeah. So it was a whole donkey jaw and the dude and he literally murked the thing. And Basically what happened was was that he went to see the lion later on and the lion's carcass was being it's, it just sounds disgusting so bear with me but the carcass was filled with bees and it created honey in the carcass and Samson ate some of the some of the honey. Yeah. That's our bible. <laughs> um so he 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 eats the thing, he eats the honey or whatever when he goes on his second visit to see the lion that he murdered. Um so Judges chapter 14 verse 10 This is where it starts off, just to give a little bit of context of what he's about to explain. Samson's about to give a riddle to his groomsmen. He's about to marry Delilah, and he gives a very specific riddle. So let's read about it. Verse 10, as his father was making final arrangements for the marriage, Samson threw a party at Timnah, as was the custom for elite young men. When the bride's parents saw him, they selected 30 young men from the town to be his companions. So they did a little bit different back then in the book of Judges. Samson said to them, let me tell you a riddle. If you solve my riddle during these seven days of celebration, I will give you 35, 30 fine linen robes and 30 sets of festive clothing. But if you can't solve it, then you must give me 30 fine linen robes and 30 sets of festive clothing. So Samson's... Going on with them. All right, they agreed. Let us hear your riddle. So he said, Out of the one who eats came something to eat. Out of the strong came something sweet. Three days later, they were still able to, they were still able to try, they were still trying to figure it out. And on the fourth day, they said to Samson's wife, Entice your husband to explain the riddle to us or we will burn down your father's house with you in it did you invite us to the party just to make us poor so in the context of this Samson is ba- is giving them a riddle and one of them is going to lose money because one's going to have to buy the 30 linen and whatever or Samson will have to buy the 30 and linen and the clothing so in a situation like this where Delilah has to literally choose between what these guys are telling her and going with someone she's about to marry. And this next segment is not a shocking one because we know how Delilah's story ends up if you've read the scripture. So Samson's wife, verse 16, came to him in tears saying, you don't love me. You hate me. Okay. You have given my people a riddle, but you haven't told me the answer. I haven't even given the answer to my father or mother, he replied. Why should I tell you? So she cried whenever she was with him and kept it up for the rest of the celebration. At last, on the seventh day, he told her the answer because she was tormenting him with her nagging. Then she explained the riddle to the young men. So before sunset on the seventh day, the men of the town came to Samson with their answer. What is sweeter than honey? What is stronger than a lion? Samson replied, If you hadn't plowed with my... You know that word. You wouldn't have solved my riddle. I don't like calling women that. It's kind of weird. Then the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him. He went down to the town of Ashkelion, killed 30 men, took their belongings, and gave their clothing to the men who had solved his riddle. But Samson was furious about what had happened. And he went back home. Don't bug. So he went back home to live with his father and mother. So his wife was given in marriage to the man who had been Samson's best man at the wedding. So Samson was like, All right, I don't trust you, girl. You out. Like I'm going to put you to someone else. So the funny thing about this story is, is that there was a situation that happened with Samson Delilah where he gave a riddle because it was between him and the and the, and the groomsmen. But they involved Delilah, and Delilah's choice, I will be honest with you, wasn't a good one. And I'm going to tell you why. Because she saw the, man's, the men's threatened, the things that they threatened her with, instead of really seeing Samson as her husband, the protector of the house, the person she can run to and that she can be protected by, she ditched that and then on the other hand manipulated Samson to say the riddle's answer i don't know i don't know what you think or what you see but for me this sh- seems to me like a very very the the word i want to use obviously all of us know this word and it is the title of my sermon tonight for week 2 these are red flags The title for tonight is Red Flags. We're going to talk about not just specific red flags, but I'm talking about red flags that maybe you already see and you are not really paying attention to. Red flags. Let's pray one more time. So, Father, I thank you for this word. I pray, Lord, that our ears would open to what you have to say about relationships. I pray that we can learn from Judges 14.10 through 20, and that we can learn, Lord, how to see red flags and how to live in true freedom in a real godly relationship and to figure that out. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So a lot of times um, when it comes to people I have seen and and the friendships that I have um, possessed with other people, I have oftentimes seen or have seen a relationship That often ended up bad because not one or the other saw red flags. And you've heard, you've heard about the green flags and the red flags. Green flags are great. Some of us do know some very good green flags. But the issue is, is that we're not educating ourselves on the red flags that could be happening in a relationship or with someone that we are interested in. So in this message tonight, I want to kind of dig deep into how to spot a red flag, and how to not experience it again because a lot of us get into that trap and sometimes get back into the trap again of seeing these things and not calling them out. When we are in a relationship with the wrong person, everyone around us could possibly tell we might be crushing on them, but it is not healthy for us. When we see, like I said last week about the glance, when you get a glimpse and you get into something that you don't know nothing about, this could end up with the red flag. It's all a cycle. When you glance at someone and you're like, I'm going to date this person, and then you go and see red flags and you still dismiss them because you got butterflies for them, what causes this is that you're not truly seeing things through a holy perspective. So let's continue with this. Let's keep talking about Judges 14. So Samson was stuck with 30 people. His in-laws brought to the party. And he gave them a riddle that was impossible to solve. Since they couldn't solve it, obviously they threatened Delilah. And after all of this happens, and she gets manipulative, and she nags him for the answer, instead of going to him as her lover in person, the red flag happens when, after finally giving in and losing the bet, her father gave Delilah to his best man. So this whole scenario of her not, her not keeping this away from them, releasing and not taking in the threat because she knows who she's marrying. Yo, Samson was a very strong dude. That dude could have, that dude has killed thousands of men in the Old Testament. I'm pretty sure Delilah could, could be safe in his arms. You know what I'm saying? Like it's always, it's always someone who tries to manipulate and it causes an issue in a relationship. And it's red flags throughout. It's not difficult to see the red flags throughout this, this story. If you find yourself in the story, when you're not with the right person, red flags are everywhere. Loyalty is in the question. There's incredible quarrelsome, like Proverbs says, and manipulative. Simply put, when we date the wrong person, everything goes wrong. So the question tonight is how do you find the right person in a relationship. Let's look at these warning signs. So Proverbs 25, verse 24 says this, It is better to live alone in the corner of an attic than with a quarrelsome wife in a lovely home. So what David's saying is that I'd rather be in a corner. I'd rather go sit in the corner of an attic than being in a relationship. And look, this is not just towards the girls. This is for both parties, because I've seen both parties do it. And the chorus, and here's here's the kicker. This is where you have to discern it. Not everything is a red flag. But if you don't see those red flags very clearly, and it's either unbiblical or not healthy for your life, and that doesn't benefit your life, then there's an issue and there's a red flag. Doesn't mean you're not going to have arguments. Doesn't mean you're not going to have conflict. The issue is, is that I remember, I remember uh, Pastor Brandon said this one time, and somebody had told him, um, we, me and my wife have never fought. In the 25 years of our marriage, we have never fought, ever, ever. And Pastor Brandon's like, man, y'all must not talk. Literally, if you, if you have a different perspective or a different opinion or a different passion that clashes with that other person that has opinions and passions and preferences and perspectives. So, for a conflict to happen, it's almost inevitable. You cannot, here's the issue again with our culture we expect a relationship to be perfect and hunky dory. But I'm telling you, nothing is better than resolving something with communication. Nothing is better than that. And as a 24 year old male, I didn't realize that obviously at first. I'm a, I can talk. I can chat with somebody for hours. But when it became those crucial moments with my wife about certain subjects, trying to figure something out, it often caused a earthquake in the moment that we were in because we're both, we both have passions, opinions, and preferences that clash sometimes. So if you're not having that, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's supposed to be toxic to the point where like you'll have an argument every day. I'm not saying that. But if there's no conflict resolution, if there's no true communication, then is the relationship really alive, or is it really meaning something to you when there's no true communication with one another? Trust me, there there was this one person, there was this one lady on a podcast, and she said this. She said, She said, I used to keep quiet to keep the peace. She said, I would keep quiet to keep the peace. But then she asked herself as an adult, she said, whose peace am I keeping? So she would keep quiet about an issue that she had with her spouse about an issue or her relationships when she was dating. And she had an issue with it, but she kept quiet because she's like, man, this is really good. Everything's going great. I don't want to. I don't want to bring this up. But what starts to happen for her that she mentioned is that it caused her anxiety, but her husband had peace. And the funny thing is, is that if you, if, if, and this is too, first off, let me talk to my guys. If this is something that maybe a girl that you have been with, or a relationship that you are in, and they don't feel that comfortable with you in the, in the experience of sharing what's going on in them or what, how they're feeling or what's going on in their life, that's a red flag on your part. Because the ability, this is, this is how scripture um, pictures it. The, the wife or the, just the woman is to submit, but the husband is to love her, as Christ loved the church. What does that mean? What did Jesus do for the church? He laid down his life for the church. He was willing to take a bullet for the church. He obviously got crucified and rose from the dead for the church. He loves the church. But in this day and age, obviously, you're probably thinking, Jacob, I'm not getting shot with a bullet. I'm not like none of that's happening. Like, what are you talking about? Are you willing, uh, if you're only willing to take a bullet for your significant other and not do everything else that you're supposed to do as a boyfriend or even a husband in the future, then you're making a big mistake and you're not learning to humble yourself. Because laying down your life, somebody said this, and Pastor Brennan I think said this Sunday. He said a marriage or relationship, the goal of it is that who can go lower than the other? Who can be more humble than the other? Listen, I struggle with pride. Sarah will tell you she struggles with pride. A lot of times when we have a predicament, it's often we're like pointing the finger, right? It's always the point the finger. And one of us could be completely right and one of us could be completely wrong. But the issue is is that there's no connection anymore. You understand what I'm saying? There's no connection anymore because both are pointing the finger. One feels disconnected and one doesn't feel respected. That's what happens. She has told me this and I have told her this. Sometimes I feel disrespectful uh, disrespected and she feels disconnected. So the way that we have to do it this is this is the this is just in case you get married. This is how we've learned. If she disrespects me before I disconnect with her, because I don't do that. We don't naturally just want to intentionally think, oh, I'm just going to disconnect with this person. This happens sometimes. And And we've both had to make that decision of whoever does it first, we have to discuss it, and that person has to apologize first. Because we want to lay down the preference, because that's not your enemy. Let me tell you something right now. This is what Delilah didn't get. Delilah didn't understand that her and Samson were not enemies. They were teammates. They're on a team. They work together. And a lot of times in a relationship, we act more like enemies than we do as a team. So if you get past that lovey-dovey phase of a relationship, the teamwork is what makes the dream work. This is how it's supposed to be, is that you're supposed to be there for them and they are there for you and y'all work together through certain conflict resolutions. That's what the goal is. I know you probably thought this relationship series would be like, oh, don't do this, don't do that, don't go over there, don't go on that, like don't, like you're probably thinking that would, is what it would have been, but it's deeper than just, because you know that, you know what you're not supposed to do. You know what you're not supposed to do. If you do it anyways, That's fine. Actually, it's not fine. But what I'm saying is is that if you don't learn the other stuff because you know what you're not supposed to do, but the things that you need to know that you are supposed to do, that's not taught. Purity culture was a very toxic environment back when I was a teenager because a lot of people always talked about the physical stuff or the sexual stuff, and it was never truly about how to treat someone properly. It's always about the physical part, but it's never about the emotional. It was never about the mental part of what we do to people. You understand? If we don't learn those things and we just learn one thing, what brings life to that? What brings life to that? So you have to learn to look for those red flags because you cannot just see through the appearance or just the surface level facade that you're getting. Because everybody wears a mask, everybody wears a costume in their emotions, in their mind. You have to see it. You have to see them for them, not just what they're showing you in the first date. You have to see it. Where are the red and green flags? The reason why I think sometimes we're blinded by it because we're afraid of losing someone either again, or we just don't want to lose someone. But I'm telling you right now, if you are in the stake of losing someone, and you are having to detach yourself because you do see the red flags or you do see the dysfunction or you do see the things that aren't benefiting your life and you still have a grip on it, you have to learn what the Lord has taught a lot of me. I'm pretty sure it's taught some of our leaders. The Lord is teaching us to lightly detach Because ripping it off like a Band-Aid myth is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Not obviously the physical part. Like, obviously, I'll rip a Band-Aid off because if it hurts, if it's, you know, stuck. But what I'm saying is, is that you have to learn to slowly detach yourself. You have to learn to let go if you see red flags. So we see Delilah in this way, but a quarrelsome relationship is bad news no matter which person the troublemaker is. Like I said, if you don't, here's, let me make it very, very simple. If you don't have peace in your life, it's a red flag. If there's no peace in this, not just because they're not doing anything, but when they are doing something and there's no peace in it, that is a red flag. Like I said, it doesn't mean you're not going to have arguments. It doesn't mean that you're not going to quarrel some every once in a while. But when there is constant battles and you're seeing it in your own life, maybe you've contributed to it. Maybe they contribute to it. And you see red flags on both sides. I'm not talking about the conflict that needs to be addressed, but I'm talking about the conflict that's not even there. Because Y'all should be able to resolve things out, even though it's not perfect, or maybe it's not the way you want it to go. But I'm talking about red flags that are constant, things like constant conflict, no trust. You can't really trust them with anything, whether it's the physical or the emotional. You can't trust them with it. Or if there's a constant anxiety and there's no peace and love towards the relationship, you should get out of it right away. Because it won't benefit your life. And it feels like you can't give anything. Because if you're giving and they're not, it's out. It's out. What that tells you is that there's a maturity issue in that relationship. And they have dysfunctions that affect everyone around them. This could be the man or the woman. If you see this, if this is happening in your life, this could be in a friendship. This could be in anything. I'm not saying you can't love them. I can't say, I'm not saying you can't be acquaintances with a friendship. Sometimes with a relationship, you can't. But what I'm saying is, is that there has to be a place where they are not, they are not benefiting you spiritually. If it just starts there, adios. Even if it starts there, gone. But everything else as well contributes to that. Because like I said last week, not everyone that calls himself a Christian or not everyone that calls himself, oh, I put God first in my Instagram. Not just that. It's often the value that they bring to the table. And if there's no value, you need to get out of it. The bottom line tonight is to date the right person. You have to date the right person. Will you ever listen to how I said this? You're not going to date the perfect person. You need to date the right person. There's a difference between the right person and the perfect person. Why? Because the perfect person doesn't exist. Whoever's perfect must be Jesus incarnate. And Jesus said, nobody coming like that. Except the anti, anti I almost call him anti-Jesus, anti-Jesus. It's antichrist. That's the only one that's going to try and mimic. But when it comes to perfection, none of us are there yet. None of you in this room are perfect. And sometimes you got to release yourself of that because some of us deal with a perfection, I call it perfection syndrome. All you do is everything has to be perfection and that's what causes the biggest anxiety. Why? Because perfection from a personality comes from a lack of control. Comes from a lack of grip on something that they should that they think they have a grip on. So to all my perfectionists in here, I get it. I'm kind of the same way in certain areas. I usually let loose. I'm usually chill. But sometimes it's like, man, if I just had my hand on it, it would go the way it's supposed to. But how many of you have grabbed it and it ripped, almost ripped your dang arm off? Imagine that. That you had to try and control something, but it actually bit you in the butt greater than you thought it would because a lot of times when we live in a perfection mindset this could happen at your school this can happen at your job that you work at that everything has to be perfect but when it does when it isn't perfect nobody has to correct you you correct yourself so hard that could be a dysfunction too that could be a red flag as well because sometimes you have to let go of Control. You have to date the right person. You will never, you and the other person will never be perfect. But if you two are right with the Lord and He has made you right for each other, then that's the greatest relationship. No marriage or relationship is perfect, but it can be a blessed one. If you allow Jesus to be the center and that you are both willing to heal, not just for each other, but for Jesus Himself, the Lord wants to heal. 2 Corinthians 6:14 says, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live in darkness? This is an obvious scripture of what Paul is talking about. Don't be unequally yoked. What does that mean? Do not be do not date someone who does, does not or do not truly love Jesus ever. And the reason why is because their value system is very different than your value system. Y'all might have some values that are the same, but some of them that that person might have might be sinful. It might be dysfunctional. It might be something that's so toxic that you can't really step into that place of being equally yoked. Equally yoked with an unbeliever is not in a Christian's system. It's not in our life. It can't be. I'm not saying you can't love someone that's lost. That's what we're called to do. We're called to love others to Jesus and to share the gospel with them that Christ died and all that stuff. But, like I just said, even in a relationship, they can claim to know Jesus and the fruit of their life does not compete or doesn't, doesn't compute with what the Lord is saying. Standards are a big deal. Je- Someone knowing Jesus is awesome, but somebody having the standards that Jesus gave them is even better. It benefits your life and it benefits their life. You know how many times there would be moments where I'm not truly following Jesus in our marriage, and sometimes it creates a ruckus in our relationship because I'm not following Jesus properly? One guy on a podcast said, If you learn to submit to Christ, then your spouse, this is usually for obviously for the men, because I watch a lot of men's podcasts. <laughs> men. Um, so he says, If you if you submit to Christ, this is from a men in this room, if you learn to submit to Christ and you let him lead you, you will be an easy leader to lead your spouse, or to lead a team, or to lead a business, or to whatever, but we're talking about relationships. Learning to lead is being led by. Being a leader is not a natural function all the time. Somebody said, "Man, they look like a born leader. They look like a leader, but they don't act like a leader because they're not being led by something. A leader is always led by something, and if you're not being led by Christ, my, my homies in the room, my boys." If you're not being led by Christ, how can you lead somebody else? How can you lead a relationship? How can you lead a group? How can you do that if you're not being led by something? And it's easier said than done, but I'm telling you right now, what benefits your life is knowing that Christ, being led by Christ is how you're able to lead. Submission to Christ often makes submission all the way around for you and your relationships. Not only was Delilah trouble, but she was a heathen who did not know God. Scripture warns us to not be unequally yoked. And that turned out the worst for Samson. We're going to get later in the scripture where she cuts his, cuts his dreads. But it didn't turn out well for Samson. Not just our dating relationships, but even in our friendships, we can examine ourselves by this verse by asking, How can light live with darkness? This is not you judging someone. You not being in a friendship that's usually darkness does not mean, man, I feel like I'm judging this person. I can't let them go. I I feel like I'm judging them. You're not judging them. If you were judging them, that you would be bullying them. But you're not judging these people. You are setting a standard because you're already set apart. You are already set apart. What does that mean? You are righteous with Christ. And if somebody's not in that circle, If somebody's not in that probe of righteousness, a lot of the times for your benefit, for your relationship with Jesus, you got to take a few steps back. Look at me, guys. It's time to branch off. It's time to branch off of relationships that do not benefit your salvation and do not benefit your life. And this goes for relationships. If there are major red flags that are turning everything off in your mind, saying, this is not good for me, it's time to turn the other way. We have to find relationships, romantic or not, that honor God and help us live and walk in the light. Simply put with this, when we date the wrong person, everything goes wrong. Date the right person and avoid the complication. You have to learn how to date the right person. It's crucial. And I've given you some ideas. Listen, when you date someone, they have to know who Jesus is. If they don't know who Jesus is, get out of their bubble. Get out of their circle. They're not worth that to you. Number two, they have to have... Good values. You can't just settle for a mediocre Christian to date you. And the reason why I say this is because it it depends on whose life it benefits. If one side is only getting benefited by this, it's not a good relationship. But if both are equally contributing to it, and one may be lacking, but one's trying to learn... Humility brings people together. Pride separates. Pastor Brennan said this uh, Sunday. Pride separates, but humility always brings people together. So when you learn to stop doing this and point the finger and instead do this, come together, then you have now built that relationship off of a great idea, which is the way Christ does it. The red flags, you have to see them. How do do you apply this? Here's the application. Live in the light with fellow believers. Don't take dating advice to an unbeliever. Here's another, here's I'm gonna hit you with a deep one. I'm gonna hit you with a really deep one. Get ready for this because it's about to boom. Get ready. You should never take advice from a believer that talks it from just an experience. Because sometimes from an experienced Christian, what happens is, is that they bring a hurt experience to you, and what that causes is it causes you to be too paranoid about a relationship. You need someone who's going to truly see it from a discerning standpoint and from a beneficial standpoint. Because when you get into a relationship, you're meant to love that person, that person's meant to love you. Not just as a feeling, but as a choice as a decision to go all right fine i'll take out the trash i usually obviously i take out the trash i i take out the trash um you have to live in a place of humility that's what a relationship should look like relationship goes who can go lower than and when you're in a relationship and you have no counsel at all because you might not know what you're doing. Sometimes you got to ask yourself, what am I doing? What am I doing in this relationship? What am I really getting into? And sometimes we don't know. Counsel's a good thing. From a believer who knows about biblical relationships, who can truly point you toward what God has for you, instead of saying, See, a Christian who tries to hook someone up with someone else thinking that they could be hooked up together is not a true advice person. I would never go to someone like that. I would rather go to someone that points me towards Christ. This is how it happens. It's the pyramid effect. When both of you are seeking Christ, ultimately above each other, when y'all both get there, boom, y'all are both there together. And the issue is is that we create idols out of the relationships, and now it's causing our relationship with God to go down. And that's what happens in a relationship when nothing's working, when nothing is happening in your life, when, when they are actually sometimes even a burden compared. You have to be careful. You have to live in the light with fellow believers. You can't just always live in the dark. You hanging out with unbelievers is to witness, not to take advice from. Sometimes earthly wisdom isn't enough. Sometimes experienced experienced wisdom is not enough. A lot of the times, 90% of the time, I would will, I will go higher, 99% of the time. Let's go with 100% because the Lord is 100. I am 100% certain that biblical, scriptural relationships benefit longer than it would just an experienced relationship or experienced wisdom. You have to live with fellow believers in the light. That's what can lead you to a great relationship. For my guys, it's exactly like this. You trying to find a woman who is God-fearing and then surround yourself with guys who are God-fearing. Because what that's going to do is that's going to point you and her, and same thing for the ladies, you got to surround yourself with God-fearing women. And the reason why I say that is because if you are surrounding yourself with a bubble of people who are literally not benefiting, either they gossip or they just don't care about your relationships and they just say things to make you feel good, you need to be careful who's in your circle. You need to be very careful who's in your circle because what that does in your life is that it causes greater destruction, and you can't find the right relationship because you're with the wrong people, or you're in a relationship, or you're in a relationship and you're with the wrong person. You have to find people who love Jesus, have values, have standards, in order for you to see, for or in order for you to get in this relationship with that person. Live in the light, with fellow believers. You have to learn to look for the red flags. Those red flags are not meant to scare you, scare you. They're meant to save you. The Lord, here's what's even worse. It's so funny when we obviously see red flags ourselves. But what's even worse sometimes is that even sometimes God brings something out of, from a red flag that maybe you never even saw. That's worse than just seeing a red flag for yourself. Why? Because the Lord is obviously showing you something in that relationship that he's going, "You you need to look at this. You need to really consider this. You really need to pop this out. You really need to see this. And why is it not benefiting your life? That's what the Lord wants you to see. The Lord wants you to see if it benefits your life truly. And if you, you or that person, some of us in here have seen red flags. Some of us have been the red flag. It's crazy, right? Because we're all red flags. I'm telling you right now, we're all red flags for, for the Lord. and He's turning us into green flags every day. I'm telling you right now, you have to learn, because even with the gospel, Jesus had every single reason to not die for you because you were... All of us are are usually a walking red flag. But the Lord bypassed the present red flag and he saw the future green flag that would be you in him. And so he died, resurrected to forgive your sin because he saw the you that he created. Not the you that you either present to other people or the you that... That's always in an issue or always in a trouble. The Lord sees the green flag that he made you as. Not perfection, but how he created you. You have to look for red flags or they will consume you and you will not have great relationships. Date the right person and live in the light with fellow believers. With every head bowed and every eye closed as we close tonight, Many of us are guilty. Many of us are guilty of being in unhealthy relationships because we desired something that wasn't good for us. Maybe you're there now in a dating relationship or a friendship tonight. Wherever you are at, come into the light and live there. With God to receive his blessing in your relationships. The ultimate thing my friends, that you need to do in every relationship is to seek Jesus. Your your heart's cry should be to seek Jesus. Because if you're creating decisions in your own relationship, a lot of the times when you decide to date this person or, or start a relationship with this person, What starts to happen is is that you often will miss the red flags if you decide to control the relationship, if you decide to go for this person, even though the Lord has told you zero about them. But I'm telling you right now, when you see, when you seek the Lord first, when you seek Him about your relationships, oftentimes it brings a great blessing to your So tonight, I just want you to stay engaged with the Lord and just open your heart to Him tonight. And I want you to ask Him a very specific question. I want you to ask Him this. Lord, who am I? I want you to ask the Lord who you are. This question that you ask the Lord is important. Because like I said, you're not going to find the perfect person or you might not be the perfect person. But a good idea in a relationship is to, fit, is to find out through Jesus who you are. Because here's the one thing I've seen in relationships all of my life is that one person is finding completion in another person when you will not find full completion in them because they did not create you, they did not develop you, they did not not mold you in their image. That's not the person that you can find completion in. They are a great benefit to your life and that's why God has created marriage or relationships for that benefit, but they are not your completion. They are not your God. And a lot of times when we treat relationships as gods, as idols, the red flags are nearly non-existent in our own perspective, but everybody else can see it. You have to put Christ first. You have to seek him and ask him, Lord, who am I? And Lord, whoever that is, that version of me that is made in your image, Lord, I want to become that. Lord, I want to become what you have created me to be because I can't bring a fake version of me to the table of a relationship. I have to bring my true self that the Lord has made that he wants to grow me in, the real you. Just ask the Lord, Lord, who am I? Lord, who am I to you? Lord, whoever that is, I want to become that. I know I won't be perfect, but I know that I can trust in how you've created me. So Lord, as we pray tonight, Lord, I just ask that you would help us to date the right person, to not just to not just go into it blindly, not just to go into it with our heads cut off. Lord, I pray, Lord, that we would see relationships through your lens, through your perspective. Lord, we seek your face about it. And I pray that we would surround ourselves with others who are God-fearing, who have values, who have a place in the kingdom of God, not to people who just have experience, not just to people who are just unbelievers. Lord, I pray that we would stick to the people who have the light, who are in the light. People who have it. I pray that we would see the red flags through and through so that we can see a real relationship. some of us in this room have seen have been in a relationship and saw red flags but didn't do anything about it and maybe it's crushed your relationship trying to get back into a relationship again or trying to get back into a place where maybe you want to be in a relationship with someone or you see a future with someone i want to tell you tonight that you have to trust in the Lord who gives and takes away. You have to trust in the one who gives and takes away. I read this the other day and and it blessed me, but it's also very painful to realize that God is really good at closing doors. I was like yes because we always celebrate the open door God opens doors but when he closes it it's like yeah it's a good benefit but some of those closed doors it's not what we pictured it's not what we saw coming it's not what we saw coming so we Now blind ourselves from true love and true relationships through Jesus because of what we have seen and experienced. I want to tell you tonight, trust in him who knows what you need. He knows you. He sees you. He understands you. So you don't have to try and search for someone. God knows exactly who you need in your life. Because God is good at closing doors, just as good as he is opening them. God is just as good as closing doors and he is opening them. I pray that we would learn to date the right person, that we would learn, Lord, that relationships aren't just for show. They're not just for status. They're not just for a, a short time pleasure. Lord, I pray that we would see relationships greater than how the world sees relationships, greater than how the world sees a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a marriage. Lord, I pray that we would see it I I pray that we would see dating through your perspective so that we can see true red flags that aren't of you or do not benefit our life. And I pray, Lord, that we would be surrounded by others who are God-fearing that love us so much enough to tell us, hey, that's not a good relationship. That's not a good place to be in. They're They're not giving anything to the relationship. You are giving your all, and they are only giving a I pray that you would seek people I pray that all of us in this room would have a friendship that was unconditional to the point where they're willing to tell you something that you might not want to hear but it would benefit your life because the Lord uses people like that the Lord uses people like that Father we just thank you for showing us how to date right. We want to be with someone that's going to be amazing for years to come. Not just with someone who we think is attractive in our own eyes. We pray, Lord, that you would give us each person someone that cares about them, that sees them, just like you, Lord. Not that they are our God, but Lord, we know that they are created in your image and that we would benefit each other's life if we would learn to be humble. Help us to date the right person. Help us to stay in the light with other believers. And I pray, Lord, that our relationships would flourish as we continue to seek you in all that we do. Lord, we just thank you We honor you. We give you praise for teaching us the red flags, Lord. Just as like an opening door, just like a green flag, Lord, we know that you can close doors and we know that you will show us the red flags in our life, not just in relationships, but maybe in our own life, maybe in our own friendships, maybe in our own area where we need to see, Lord, what can we be made right in? Because we know there's a greater version of us. There's a better version of us that you are forming through the influence of the Holy Spirit, that we're getting better every moment we seek you. We just thank you for that, Lord. Help us to date the right person and to see the red flags to where we can benefit in a relationship. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.